What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we will discuss our biggest surprises from the first month of the NBA season, what we think about the rule changes so far, and how players have been impacted by the halting of production of Kobe shoes during our NBA 3 in the Key segment. We'll also talk about what's been going on with the Lakers as they're hitting the road for a five-game road trip during the Lake Show Lowdown. All this and more on episode 221 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 221 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. Ready for ready for this this hoops talk. Yes, we just got done finish. Uh, we just got done recording uh, episode 220 of the TSK show where we uh, talked about week 11 in the NFL. So we are here now for episode 221 to talk some NBA hoops. Yep, we're almost to that point where these games are really going to start mattering. Yes, we're once once you get past Christmas, it'll be go time. It's still kind of just like almost a preseason extension still. Yeah, we're we're a month into the NBA season now, so it's it's really starting to feel real right now. Uh but before we talk about all of that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates for all of your real estate needs whether you're buying, selling or looking to rent here in the Los Angeles area. Contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. So like I was saying, it's it's been one month since the NBA season has, has started, basically, and uh, I figured we would kick off NBA 3 in the key this week, Tyler, with our biggest surprise from the first month of the season. So, uh, I'll start it off with my biggest surprise, and uh, I, I got two of them. 
I'll start with the first one real quick. The first one is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nice. Uh, okay, that was one. That was one of mine. Okay, cool. Perfect. And, and uh, I, specifically, the rotation they're running, I think, is like okay. Very, you know, very much the surprise of it all. Yeah, I want to. I want to get to that in a second. So they they lost earlier to the Nets tonight. So they're nine and seven right now. They're tied with the Hornets as the fifth and the sixth seed right now. Currently, if you look at ESPN, the Hornets are in the fifth seed. Uh, yep. The Cavs are in the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. But I mean, just right off the bat, that I think is a surprise that the Cavaliers are in the playoff hunt right now, one month into the season. I know Evan Mobley, their star rookie, was just ruled out for at least two weeks, possibly a month with an elbow injury. But this Cavs team, I think, has come out of the gates hot and surprised a lot of people. You mentioned it, Tyler, the rotation that they're running. I think that the fact that they've been able to make it work with their big situation of having Jared Allen and signing him to that huge deal and drafting Evan Mobley and then adding a Lowry Markin in uh, as well. And then don't forget good old Kevin Love, who's been out for a couple of weeks, but he's coming back, uh, I believe, within the next week, uh, adding him to the mix. And then obviously that Sexland uh, background, everyone loves to call him Sexland, the, the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt. They've been meshing really well in Ricky yeah, Rubio. I'm not, I'm not feeling that, damn. <laughs> they got to fuck. They got to <laughs> They got to figure that out. But, I mean, also, Ricky... I mean, they they hooping, though. Yeah, they definitely hooping. But also, Ricky Rubio's looking like Olympics Rubio out there on some nights. Hey, man, I fucking love Rubio. Like, I just... Unless you were watching, you know, at that time, unless you were watching Rubio when he was real young in international ball. Oh. He was 16, and he was just like... He was lighting up grown men. You thought, you know, the slam came out with the article where he was like handles like iverson passes like nash i mean i really did believe he was going to be like a top five point guard in the league someday uh but he, he's been and he's been a very productive player but uh it's dope to see him having you know s some more success late in his career and it's just so crazy that they've made this group of players work yeah definitely so i mean shout out to my guy bob schmidt we passed him in the hall uh here at the station on our way walking into the studio uh, before we recorded this episode i told him i was going to be shouting him out because i was i was going to be talking about the Cavs. uh he's the voice of am 570 la sports he's also the host of the fear the fro podcast a cleveland cavaliers podcast that he does solo just him fear the fro in honor of jared allen fear the fro i was like is that not ben wallace's uh it might be but he's got the fear the fro podcast yeah. for the cleveland cavaliers and then he's also just got a general NBA podcast, the Broken Jumper podcast that he does. But he's he's a huge Cavs fan, so uh, I thought it was uh, it was pretty cool. And I mean, he's dealt with a lot as a Cavs fan from the non-LeBron years to the LeBron years, and then leaving and coming back. And yeah, then yeah, not easy. He, I think he's been pretty satisfied this year uh, no, with the a, start to that. They've got a they've lot had. of good basketball players on their team. So even guys, even guys like Jetty Osman, who we forget about. Uh, it's just it's been it is these they're throwing out lineups that i used to see when i was a kid where you know it's three bigs uh playing with a couple guards so to to get that length out there uh and and not like really lose any you know scoring ability it's pretty impressive yeah so all right um my other surprise real quick is the washington wizards who are in first place in the east 
They're off to their best start since the 1974-1975 season. Uh, let's see if which I, seems weird. I know, right? Uh, seems like they've had some good teams over. I'm trying the years. to see who they played tonight. They lost to the Hornets by ten, so they're ten and four, but uh, still up there at the top of the the Eastern yeah. Conference. Um, Bradley Beal and his new teammates Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Contavious Caldwell Pope. They've been meshing really well together so far. Beal's shooting forty one percent from the field. Trez is shooting sixty four percent from the field. Dinwiddie's shooting 43% from the field and 38% from three. He leads the team in uh, in assists as well. And then Kuz is having a great year so far, shooting 42% from the field and 37% from three. And KCP also shooting well, 40% from the field and 36% from three. And he leads the team in steals, so he's doing it on the defensive end as well, really doing that three and D that he, he was made known for really in L.A. the past few years. Yeah, and uh, I I got the wizard. I I mean I wrote down quite a few, uh, like seven or eight. Go for it. But uh, the wizards and the Cle- and Cleveland were both uh, both on the list. Cleveland was the one that I wanted to talk about, so that that was good. You brought that one up. Um, I would say the other one that that's like extra surprising is um, I I thought Atlanta would kind of come out the gates hot uh, and be kind of a top tier team. They're six and nine right now. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of, they're kind of struggling. I just, you know, just being a younger team and, and making it all the way to the Eastern conference finals last year and being so close, I thought they would kind of come out with vengeance. And then on the other side of that, Milwaukee is having a clear like championship hangover. So that that's a little surprising to me. Just, uh, you know, being the guy that Giannis is, they got a hard fought win uh, over the Lakers tonight. The, we'll we'll uh, talk about that Boone later. Holzer, so, uh, Milwaukee, uh, having that bad hangover, I think the Pelicans have is just like a huge disappointment this year. The Pelicans aren't a surprise though, Tyler. Um, but I mean, man, it's just you you still would have thought with Zion and BI, you know, But Zion was hurt. ruled out to, before the season started, so it's like Yeah, it's just man, you just you you'd hope to put a competitive squad on the on the, on the court. I mean, you've got one of the most electric superstars in your team. You need to be ready to go. This even if Zion was playing, this team would not be much better. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. And then um, you know the bull, the Bulls and the Warriors. I think those are two teams that um, it's not necessarily surprising that they're doing well, but it is pretty. It's pretty incredible how well yeah they are doing. Uh, the Bulls are are another team that their rotation is just. I mean, I love that lineup where Demar, Caruso, um, Zach Levine, Lonzo, Lonzo, and Vucevic are all on the floor. And to put four guards around Vucevic is just, I mean, deadly. Um, no, I then, mean, the and way the they... Warriors, you know, doing all this before Clay's been able to get back on the court, you know, they're they're coming for next. Yeah, no, I mean, with the way Chicago seem, seamlessly fit all of those pieces together this offseason and, and it's really translated so quickly on the court, I think it. I think it is surprising how well they're doing. I, and, I w- and Kobe White just just uh, returned off of injuries, so Kobe White's just now coming back to the lineup. Uh, and that's going to be another guard to throw out there in that you know in that rotation, uh, especially since they lost Patrick Williams, their their second year uh, player who was the fourth overall pick in the draft last year. Yeah, he uh, he's out um, for an extended period of time, so. They're definitely going to be just playing a lot of guards. I mean, they could have five guards in this rotation. Yeah, no, I mean they. I just they watched their game against the Lakers, and they, yeah. 
They were dominant. And then the Warriors, yeah, I mean, they look like they're to not the going to skip a beat once no, Clay be comes best, back. To be the best team in the NBA right now, yeah, I thought they were going to be good, but did I think they'd be 12-2 and two good? I don't know. 12-2 is... It's <laughs> good, and, and Chef Curry's doing doing the damn thing. I mean, he's Although looking, he was my MVP pick. He's looking like the MVP so far. So, I like it. So, all right. Yeah, those those are our surprises of the first month so far. Um, and then, I mean, you got you to gotta be surprised the fact that Kyrie and Ben haven't played a game. Not that I want to beat the, the, this topic over the head. But hey, we haven't talked about it in a little bit, though, it's, Tyler. It's surprising. I mean, they, these guys have not played. It's been a month. They haven't not played. Only, and, and it doesn't look like Kyrie is going to play at all. And Ben, I mean, that situation. Who knows when he's coming back. That situation, it's like we could wake up tomorrow. He, you know, that Ben Simmons is one of those things where it's 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 going to come in an unexpected time. But I don't see it lasting the whole year like Kyrie. I think Kyrie is is – I think there's a real shot we don't see him play this year. Yeah, I think it's definitely more likely that Kyrie doesn't play than Ben Simmons doesn't play. I think you're 100% right where I think that Ben Simmons returning to the Sixers or a trade for Ben Simmons happening is going to come in the middle of the night and we're going to wake up to a notification in the morning and it's going to say like at 3 o'clock in the morning Ben Simmons was traded or Ben Simmons has announced he's going to make his return and play for the 76ers. But, yeah, them not playing – and really Ben Simmons not being traded, period, or realistically them both being traded for each other, none of that happening I think is also still a big surprise. I completely agree. All right, the next thing in the NBA three in the key segment here, the rule changes that the NBA has gone through, Tyler. One of the things that the NBA said that they were going to focus on this season was not calling defensive fouls when offensive players initiated the contact with a defensive player on an offensive move. And this, I think, has been something that has plagued the league for a few years now where we've seen players have gotten really good at selling and initiating contact on jump shots or offensive moves to where they're trying to get by their defender and they'll either hook the defender's arm and draw a foul or or something along those no, lines. No, I mean the the arm hook, the uh the leg kick, the um the cutoff run like, you know, running and then chain, you know, running like the Chris Paul thing where he runs right in front of you. Right. Um right. When yeah, he, I mean he... those those have all been bad. Right. And so I mean there there was a point of emphasis made this offseason by the league to the refs that they need to really watch for this type of stuff and and keep a closer eye and I think most notably some players that come to mind when we think of plays like this over the last three to five years are guys like you mentioned, Chris Paul. We see James Harden, Trey Young, Luka Doncic. And and just for context, before I get Tyler's thoughts on, on how the NBA has done so far this season with emphasizing not calling these fouls, I, I want to let people know that from last season to this season, James Harden's free throw attempts per game have gone down from 7.3 free throw attempts per game to 5.4 free throw attempts per game. Trey Young's are down 8.7 free throw attempts per game to 5.3 free throw attempts per game. And Luka Doncic's are are down 7.1 free throw attempts per game to 5.7 free throw attempts per game. So Tyler, clearly I think this point of emphasis has made a difference in not only these players games but also other players across the league I was just using these guys as an examples as 
bigger, more notable names and yeah. stars of the league just to to let the people know. But I mean, what do you think this means for the future of the NBA, and how do you think they've done so far this season? Um, you know, I, it's still kind of like in that adjustment period, similar to when we talked about the basketball. Um, it's still kind of new. The refs are still trying to figure it out. So there's going to be some inconsistencies with the yeah. call. Um, but that'll, I think that'll uh, eventually adjust. And it's like, you know, I can't, it's that whole, like, I can't explain it, but I know it when I see it. Okay. So that's exactly what I was going to say, and, Tyler. You, you're saying it's like, it, the refs are going to get to a point, I think, where they get, where they're confident. They blow the whistle. Like, no, James, like, you know what you did right there. Right. Oh, I think you they're know, getting to you that know, point. I think, I think that that's, you know, once. Once the you know we're gonna have some bad ones and some good you know we're gonna have some kind of up and down games right now just because it is and still not learning uh, period I believe but I mean like come next year it's like they're gonna be ready to go uh, and it's ultimately gonna it, I mean it'll change the game a little bit but you know you're talking like one or two calls a game for these players uh, you know maybe maybe three to five games for a team three to five calls a game for a whole team yeah it's going to make a little bit of a difference but players are still going to always try to find a way to draw a foul oh that, for that, sure that that part of the game will never uh never kind of cease to exist i mean people so people this are, is people... just gonna this is just gonna take away a couple a couple move a couple different moves um but ultimately it's not gonna it's not gonna stop it yeah i mean i listen I... Gonna like be, you said, there's going to be flops. There's going to be, but unless the ref sees it, you know, they're not going to get the call. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, that players are always going to try and find a way to get a call. I mean, Kobe studied the ref book to try and get an advantage for, for yeah. God's sakes. Like, I mean, but I, I think with this specifically, I think what I've noticed is, and, and you kind of mentioned it with the refs kind of knowing it when they see it. I think fans are starting to know it when they say it, see it too, and I just know. Well, and that's why the rule was forced to change. I mean, exactly, the, it, was, it was hurting the product, and people I think, did not like watching James Harden do this stuff. Like, I didn't, again, I'm not trying to pick on James Harden. He's no, just, but that's just the matter just of fact. He's the most polarized guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I think from what I've seen, at least personally, this year when when watching NBA basketball so far a month into the season is. I'm a lot more entertained this season because I think less and less of these types of plays are happening or they're being called out as fouls by the offensive player or they're being non-calls and they're just letting them play kind of thing. And realistically, I think we're seeing more competitive games and I think we're trying almost seeing like a, a shift in the style of play kind of back a few years to before like almost the Warriors type of style of play to where, I mean, we just mentioned it earlier, the Hornets and the Wizards played a game tonight and the final score was 97 to 87. We yeah, weren't. No, which is weird. Uh, we weren't seeing sure. that the last like three to five years. But, yeah. And, and I mean, it's definitely going to help out like the viewing, the viewing aspect of it. Um, but again, I don't, you know, it's going to turn into something else eventually. Someone, you know, We'll forget about this. It, it's gonna. It got got rid of a couple a couple moves that were a problem, which is good, but ultimately not a huge not a huge shift. Yeah, I just I think it's it's been a hot topic, especially with the players, because players are being asked about it post game when they're yeah. visibly being like they're visibly seeing frustrated on the court when they're not either, either not getting calls or they're no, getting called it's, for it's a, a foul. It's a learning adjustment for the players as well, for sure. Yeah, definitely.
So, all right. But could, I mean, it, it would be sick to bring back a more physical style of basketball, but the, now that the three-pointer is in, it's going to be tough. I think, honestly, though, we are seeing them try and bring back a more physical style of play. I mean, we mentioned what the Cavs are throwing out there as, as lineups out no, there. No, and... no, definitely, definitely. And that that's uh, that's definitely, you know, once once the team gets really good and does that, the rest of the league is going to have to adjust. Definitely. I mean, they had to adjust to the Warriors. That, yeah, and that's how we got to where we are today. You know, the, the Warriors really progressed the game. Yeah. So, all right, the last topic in the NBA 3 and the key segment here tonight is uh, kind of, a, honestly, a touchy subject, I think, for me and you, really, Tyler. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, you you really wanted to talk about this, so I'll, I'll just kind of let you kind of take the uh, take the lead on this. No, because yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just as fascinated by this as you are. Because I mean, you yeah. would think that players in the NBA would be able to to get the kind of access they would want to to what we're about to talk about. Yeah, so I mean, there's uh, it, there's a shortage of Kobe's, you know, amongst NBA players is essentially what the. The conversation was, and, and, Co- and, and we're more, talking more about Kobe Bryant's shoes, Co- Nike, Kobe Bryant's in particular. Yes. Um, uh, so it's it, yeah, it's it's a shitty situation because there's so many people losing and, and very few, and almost nobody wins out of out of this scenario. Uh, you know, Kobe's are, have been have the 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 Kobe Bryant estate. Um, you know, Kobe's family, uh, they have separated from Nike right um and you know mutually separated couldn't come to an agreement that's that's whatever you know that 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 stuff happens according to espn though there so basically where this is all stemming from is a brian winhorst article about players basically complaining that they're not getting the same access to to kobe bryant's shoes from nike that they once got because the bryant family and nike couldn't come to an agreement last spring and the Bryant family and Nike are basically ending their relationship. It's been ended. And I, and so my, you know, there is whispers of trying to reclaim this and, and maybe someday, someday I'm praying, but to me, I I think that, I think that there's going to be a Kobe shoe brand coming out. I think that that, and then what, to me, that that tells me that their that relationships not the, these Nikes are not going to come back out. Right. The, the only way it would be is if like, you know, they they I think that the Bryant Estate is going to try to make a basketball shoe brand. I believe it's already in the works. It wouldn't surprise um, me. So that's uh, uh and it's and it, I think it was it was originally designed. It was something that he was working on long term, but it was originally designed to give the players kind of more of the power you know um but regardless you know gut gut reaction it's like it's hard to feel bad for nba players to not getting your shoes okay because it's like <laughs> you got, you've got you've got me and you sitting over here and we can't get shit you know like yeah we, we like, gotta try on the sneakers if i, app if and... I saved, saved up all my money i had it ready to go and, and i wanted this pair of shoes that doesn't mean shit yeah like get, getting those shoes is so hard uh, that you're most likely not going to get it, or you're going to have to pay a ridiculous up, up charge. So it's like I have a hard time feeling bad for NBA players. Like, come on, you so, know. But NBA players are having a hard. It's, it's in particularly 14 and up, which you know, 13 is part of the the uh, what you would call full size run when they manufacture these shoes, send them out to stores. Like thir- like eight to 13 is the men's shoe run. Uh, so 14 14 up is like a limited 
like they don't make as many as as the other ones and and most kobe's are limited already to begin with so it's like 14s and ups and it's essentially only nba players buying these now i mean they're worth a ton of money because nba players are buying them up and no one else can no one else can get them really so in the in the brian winhorst article it started out with a uh, a story about josh giddy the rookie from the oklahoma city thunder getting a call from the oklahoma city thunder like equipment manager basically saying he found an old stockpile of kobe's that are size 13 and a half that were sent to the thunder in Derek fisher's last season as an nba player with the thunder because kobe and Derek fisher obviously had a, a great relationship yeah, being yeah. teammates but the the equipment manager had found like this old stockpile of maybe like five or six pairs of old Kobe's that were just so happened to be Josh Giddy's size, 13 and a half. And Josh was just like, I want them like, give me them. And then there's, I I just have a few excerpts from, from the article. Um, Basically Nike reps had given some NBA players that were with Nike a heads up that this was possibly going to happen. And so Jay Crowder said, quote, some of us got the word and we started hoarding them. By the time the news came out, I had banked up enough for about two years. Which again just seems like that. I mean, that doesn't even seem like that many. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm guessing that's maybe. Dude, I got. Two, pairs. I got two years worth of fucking Kobe's. You know what I mean? But it's like they're they're saying they can only wear them two or three times. Right. Exactly. You like know what NBA I mean? That's why. That's, go through shoes that's why quick. it's like, dude, you're gonna. It's gonna. It's it's hard for me to feel sympathy. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it sucks. It's just a shitty situation where no one wins. Um, and, and it's, and it's too bad that it all went down like that. But I think, you know, Kobe was eventually going to leave Nike. I, I believe anyways, like, like I said, I think he had had a plan for post Nike life. The only difference is, is he was probably going to allow Nike to still sell his stuff. I would hope so. Um, at the same time as like, you know, they maybe have to name it something different. And and you could see Nike doing some shicey stuff like that. You you know you may see start to see shoes come out that look like them, but they're not named them. Adidas does that already. Yeah, I mean uh, they, they still do. They still put out the crazy eights. Yeah, yeah, because they can't. You know, and so you get away with calling shoes like, you know, something a little different, and then it's not like it's not Kobe Bryant. Well, you the know, first I'm Kobe's not, were the Nike Zooms, so it's. Uh, um, it's it's too bad, and I don't see I don't see the relationship being mended. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. I just hope that one day, Kobe's Nike line gets mass produced again to where I can just go into a store and buy it. Yeah, no, and, and it's it's too bad that the, that's not the way it is. Um, but, and that's and that's that's how it should be for retro Jordans too. Yeah, it, it's just I mean when you get into that that in the resale issue, you know, that's even whole that's a whole Oh, we've had that conversation on the show other, before. That's a whole other problem because um the only people that are to blame uh in the resale business is influencers and consumers. You're the you're the only one to blame for this. Yeah. If, if you're if you're buying these shoes at at this price, you're only buying, you know, Travis Scott's or or you know limited jordans or li- or or limited Kyrie. if you're only buying that shit like you for you're, that price you're for the, literally setting you're, the market you're, you're the problem yeah and, and influencers you know ra- like rappers athletes um actors uh 
uh, social media superstars, YouTubers, Instagram models, like you, you have made it to where like every kid wants to have something different that nobody else has. Yeah. Like, because that's what you're doing and you're flexing like, oh, I got all this money. And they realistically probably got those now, shoes from a plug or and, probably and didn't have to like, pay for now, them. Now think of like, you know, when I, like I think of the nineties and it was like, everybody wanted the same shoes. It was like, I want the white on black Adidas superstars. I want the white on white Air Force Ones. I want black Chuck Taylors. I want the want black, the black and, and red Jordan 1s. I want the black and blue T-Mac 3s. I want the white and black uh, Answer 5. It was like, you know, and then and then they mass produced those colorways and everyone felt, felt cool, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, it's only the consumer and the influencer's fault. If, if influencers went back to that and were pushing those shoes, people would start buying those shoes again. Or if if people like actually just decided like, hey, I'm not like gonna pay these fucking prices, all these all these people, uh, all these resellers would be fucked. Yeah, you know, it, and it's uh, that it, it's horrible that you know the bot thing is coming to play. You got these rich kids buying full size runs like immediately after drops, where the average person can't get them. Um, it's shitty, but uh, unfortunately, the consumer just has to like swallow their pride and and go go for something that isn't so you know hard to get yeah no i mean it's the shoe game is a a nasty nasty business no it, it's it's super unfortunate and i mean i was someone that was in that world for a long time and i and i haven't been now i haven't been for for a good chunk of time because of stuff like this yeah um it's just there's always something new there's always something exclusive and there's always something that's hard to get they're always going to do it um so you're always going to feel like you got to get them yeah, I mean, I just like but with I said, the Kobe's, you know, it's it sucks. Like, I don't, I, I don't really feel bad for NBA players. Like, you've got it easier than anybody else to get these shoes. Right. Um, they have the funds. They have what, the access. What I feel bad for is that there'll be yeah, there'll be generations of people that won't be able to get Nike Kobe's. Yeah, and and probably the the rest of the generations moving forward. Yeah, forever. I mean, I know I got mine, and I'll I'll never get rid of them at this point. You know, and like, that's the thing is like. I've, I've got never... I've got my stock and and that's it. Yeah, I don't have any, which sucks. Yeah, I mean I. Uh, yeah, I mean I had Kobe one. I've got a couple pairs of Kobe Kobe ones, like the original Nike ones that they've they've released uh, a bunch of times. I've got I have three pairs of the Kobe sixes that were like a big one to me. Got a pair of the tens and twelves. You know, uh, it's like it's not a huge collection, but I've got enough to where I feel like I'll be good for life. Yeah, I don't wear them too often, so when I want to break them out, they'll be there. Oh yeah, and, but I would never sell them, you know, even in the condition they're in. Uh, most of them are worn outside of a couple, so uh, they would still go for a good, good, good penny right now. Definitely, yeah, definitely. But all right, that that wraps it up for NBA three in the key. Let's uh let's move on to the Lake Show lowdown before we get out of here, Tyler, and catch up on everything that's been going on with the Lakers uh, currently. After tonight, they are uh, eight and eight. They started a five-game East Coast road trip with a game against the Bucks tonight. They lost uh, one hundred nine to one hundred two. It was a, a hard-fought game, but ultimately, I think it, it just came down to the Bucks being a better team right now. They got Chris Middleton back. For the, the old Giannis versus Ant Davis. Yes, uh, they got Chris Middleton back for the first time since uh, the end of October. He was on the COVID list. Uh, in the health and safety protocols for the Bucks, so uh, they got him back tonight. And Giannis had 47 for the Bucks, 
So he was just absolutely dominant. Um, but I just, the main reason I think this team is a 500 basketball team right now is because they're dealing with injuries to guys that were, were not only going to be key rotation players, but one of those players happens to be LeBron James. And I mean, they're asking guys to to step up and play more minutes than they were originally planning on. And I mean, for instance, Melo is in the starting lineup right now because LeBron is hurt and he's averaging almost 28, 29 minutes per game. And after starting out the season extremely hot from three, he's six of 28 from three in his last 28 attempts after tonight's game against the Bucks. And I mean, before the season started, Melo was realistically probably going to be asked to play maybe 15, 18 minutes a game as opposed to almost 30 because of the injuries and everything. And I mean, that's that's basically double the amount of playing time I think Melo was expecting to play. And I think this shooting slump can be attributed to realistically just having no legs. No, no. I mean, he, like, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's why he wasn't necessarily a super high percentage guy before. When you're a volume guy, it's tough to get those really, really high percentage, like those efficient shooting percentage. Uh, but when he was just shooting, when he was wide open, uh, and he what and he didn't have to play 30 minutes a game those are going to go down all day yeah and i mean we've seen how great he's been at home so hopefully that continues to to roll on but i mean i just when you're asking a guy like Melo at the, his stage of his career in the circumstances that the team is under it's not really conducive to to what the team wants to do you know um but obviously also russell westbrook he's still acclimating to the system and figuring out how to play with his his new teammates, and then his new teammates are trying to figure out how to play with him. I thought he was very good tonight against the Bucks. He had 19 points, 15 assists, and only three turnovers, which I think is a, the best thing out of everything for, for Russell Westbrook to have only three turnovers in a game because obviously that's one of the glaring aspects of his game is, yeah, he can get you the triple doubles and everything, but on on the flip side, how many times did he turn it over that night? And, yeah, and when did those turnovers happen? Plays was 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And then Anthony Davis, I think he's taken a lot of unwarranted criticism to start the year, averaging 24.2 points per game, 10.9 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks per game coming into the, the game against the Bucks tonight. And, I mean, he's just he's trying to do everything he can to keep this team afloat as much as he can. He isn't shooting well from three to start the year, but he's been dominant around the rim, both on offense and defense. Um, I would have liked to seen a little bit more from Anthony Davis tonight, especially against uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who scored 47 points tonight. And obviously, no one could stop Anthony Davis tonight. Uh, but AD had 18 points, nine rebounds, and, and two blocks. Uh, but like I said, he's just he's been doing everything he possibly can for this team since... Uh, LeBron has been out um, but LeBron supposedly is maybe coming back uh, Friday against the Celtics on the road uh, tonight against the Bucks was his 10th missed game of the season already so I mean that clearly was not in the plans for the Lakers to start the season originally they they weren't expecting to miss LeBron James for 10 games already so that that obviously is a wrench uh, thrown in their plan but the good news is is they've gotten Taylor Horton Tucker back uh, after missing the start of the season. He's been back for uh, a few games now, and since making his debut, he's been averaging 22.5 points per game, shooting almost 36 uh, shooting almost 36% from three. Uh, so he's really 
shown that he he's really taken that next step. I think I, I know it's been a small sample size in, in only three or four games since he's returned, but it's looking like Taylor Horton Tucker's here and in, in, in uh, they need him. Definitely. And I think I think they were missing just that one extra forward for the team, especially on defense, that they needed out on the wing in the perimeter. Uh, so to have Taylor Horton Tucker back before LeBron James, I think was one of the things that they were missing without LeBron. And then if LeBron comes back on Friday, I think you can't really use the injury excuse anymore. It's like you once you no, got LeBron, AD, and Russell out there, it's like it's really out the door from yeah, there. Yeah, they're they're almost back. Um, they're they're almost back to getting getting their kind of full full squad together. Um, you know, AD, it's like you know. He's getting criticism because they're 500. He should be able to. He should be able to carry a team. Right. He is the guy. You know, uh, he can't get bailed out by all this shit anymore. He's got to lead this team, put them on their back. Um, but, but I mean, ultimately, he's been playing well. Uh, and, and you know, I keep comparing him to the Bucks last year. This is like a brand new team. None of these guys have played together. Yeah. Every single week, they're gonna they're gonna kind of make progress and uh, and be a little more like you know together uh more chemistry uh know where know where their spots at where guys like their spots you know constantly working on this rotation having an injuries injuries suck because you can't like work on the rotation you want the way you want to you you're forced it's to play a necessity right yeah? you're, playing, like, you're playing rotations that yeah, you wouldn't so normally play because you like, have to you know you're right with with carmelo his minutes are way too high his efficiency You'll get the same amount out of Carmelo with 30 minutes as 20 minutes. Exactly. Um, so, uh, Talon Horton Tucker is one of those glue guys. Malik Monk has been, like, kind of the reward, I think, for the injury bug. He's, he's been kind of up and down. He is, but we you need some of that. I he's know. Got, he's got a little sauce to him that the thing, it just feels like these older superstars that are kind of set in their ways. The thing with Malik Monk is he's able to keep up with Russell Westbrook. He brings a little something to the table. Definitely. I don't know what it is, but... It's an energy, I, I, and I really think it is something like an energy, a youthful spirit. Just and what what Talon and 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 Caruso and, and Kuz a couple years ago, you yeah. know, like those those kind of guys for the Lakers have been huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, energy X factor, kind of a wild card. You know, like <laughs> every now and then, maybe it doesn't go like as well as you wish. But for the most part, I think he's gotten to play a lot more minutes than he should like you know he probably wasn't going to get you know that many minutes in the first 20 games now he's played played a ton of minutes in the first 20 games they've actually like gotten to see like what what they've got here like, Dude, okay the, the lakers don't some, beat miami without malik monk th this is some of the things that he can do we kind of know what you know we kind of know what a Wayne Ellington does at this point in his career. Kent Bazemore and Avery Bradley Kent Bazemore I think has been one of the bigger disappointments okay, but see I, we talked about this in the in the pregame. It's like I thought he was like a thirteenth man. Yeah, you know, and he ended I never. Up starting. I, yeah, I and and then he recently just, got some DNPCDs. And I just think that that you know, starting his starting was like those moves where like the third stringer comes to the, to the starting lineup, so the yeah. second string can like stay together. Yeah, um, I one hundred percent think that that was what Kent Bazemore. He, he's cool as the thir 12th, 13th man. You know, he's a veteran. He can throw up some shots. It's um, He's a forward. It's not It's not so, you know, perimeter forward guy. It's not so bad. But he is like a non-factor, I think, moving forward.
Yeah, and I mean, listen. It, at, at the end of the day, as as annoying and frustrating as it as it sounds, and I, I feel like we keep repeating it every time we talk about the Lakers, just because they've been in the same scenario the entire season so far, is we're just not going to know what this team is until they're a hundred percent healthy. No, no, and and you just got to you got to take the th- the good things for like, okay, cool, we figured this out, and the bad things like, okay, we need to not repeat these these type of moves right and listen i think like one of my biggest concerns so far this season with the lakers is how bad they've been as a team in the third quarter and the lakers had probably one of their most competitive quarters of the season tonight in the third quarter against the bucks outscoring them 30 to 21 after being down 11 at halftime and then cutting the lead to four going into the fourth quarter and it's like in most games especially like last week we saw the the Lakers give up 42 points or 40 points in the in the third quarter to the Timberwolves. And yeah. then they were able to hold the Bucks tonight to 21 points in the third quarter. No, and that that's that's where it's like rotation and and playing together and chemistry and all that kind of stuff. That's 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 what you're seeing. Those are the holes in that right. you know, are being exploited and then they figure it out and they're playing well. You're going to still have some of that throughout the year. Um but I mean, I, I look for this team to settle in right at the top of the West. Yeah, the and- Dwight and DeAndre Jordan. You know, it's like you you were hoping that one of those guys is going to be a starter. One of those guys would be backup. They've had it's to go small lately and play Anthony they're, Davis they're at the clear, five. I think that they're they're doing a good job though. They're both averaging fourteen minutes a game. I think that that's a good number. You know, twenty eight minutes, uh, uh twenty eight center minutes means that's twenty minutes AD play center. You know, it's like that's like that's like the max you want, but like that's a good amount of basketball. That's a good amount of like a very offensive, like. Unfortunately, team. though, those twenty-eight minutes are twenty-eight minutes of guys are who are playing who are shells of themselves. But well, yeah, no, 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 and and that's why they both have to be backups. You know, I think that they wanted one of them to be a starter, but I I do believe that they need to play against the second strings. And so it helps that Anthony Davis can start the five. They come off the bench or, or or in foul trouble, and they're not playing in the most like pivotal kind of parts. They're more of just a breather for Ant Davis, and they can play with Ant Davis. Yeah, I mean it's it, the they have good purrs. I mean they, they've they're not like super like inefficient basketball players. Their their plus minuses aren't horrible. It's just they are shells of themselves, but. Really, all you need is I need backup center production. Yeah. So AD can you know rest his twelve minutes a game and play some power forward for you know fifteen sixteen minutes a game as well. Yeah, I just I don't think the the big man rotation has gone as well as people had hoped. Just so because far. you want you remember Dwight two years ago, right? being extremely energetic and ready to go but that's a different dwight howard it was I mean, dwight he, two years ago he was trying he w- he needed that he was coming out of what charlotte i, I mean I he was just buried was in the out. nba he was in yeah. charlotte and and then washington i think i don't even think he ended up playing a game for washington and so it's like he was buried in the nba uh this the, the lakers the lakers needed him and he needed the lakers that's that was kind of the narrative yeah we spoke about no, that's exactly show what that, it was. that year um but that's not that's not it anymore. So I think when you adjust like adjust your your perspective, it's like their big guy rotation is like okay, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that that is what it is. Dwight and DeAndre are not getting any better. 
we play them 14 minutes a game each. AD does the other 20. Um, and, and we're good at, as the, at the big. We're competitive. Yeah. And I mean, listen, the, the Lakers, they're coming off a five-game homestand where they went three and two. And I think a lot of people were not expecting them to go three and two. I think most people probably were expecting two and three, maybe one and four, even with who they were playing. And they were able to squeak out some wins against some pretty good teams uh, during that homestand. And now they're on a five-game road trip on the East Coast. They're starting off 0-1 with a loss to the Bucks. They got the Celtics on Friday, then the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Pacers. I could see them going 3-2 and two again on this trip, possibly. Yeah, you got to hope for better than that, though. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, hopefully this Bucks loss is the only, it, they, the only they, loss. Yeah. They're, uh, it'll just, it'll always kind of be, it'll always be a work in progress, but they need to start, start getting these wins going. If LeBron comes back Friday, I think that's no, really going to kick things LeBron off. LeBron coming back is going to change so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as simple as it sounds. It's, 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 it's not easy to win when your star player, your head coach and your, and your, uh, president of basketball operations is out. Okay. You know? Okay. Chill. It's, now they're getting their team back. And Don't disrespect good, Rob Polinka like that. Hey, he, Rob, Rob Polinka was smart. He got LeBron. He takes a hell of a load off of it, his job. Yeah, you ain't lying about that. I'll tell you what, ain't no player makes the GM's job easier than LeBron. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. He does it all. I could be the GM of the Lakers if they got LeBron. Let's <laughs> have him hit up his homies. All right, you got anything else? Um, no, I'm good. All right, no shout out or anything this yeah, episode. Yeah, shout out Zach Levine. I'm gonna keep it with the hometown kids, uh, Seattle native. Obviously, the Bulls are popping off, and in the new Eternals movie, this is a, this is not a spo- Zach Levine's in the Eternals movie. No, nah, this is not a this is not a spoiler, but it's kind of like spoiler light. But there's only one NBA jersey in that entire movie. There's a kid <laughs> rocking, and it's a Zach Levine. Jersey. I thought you meant he was actually in the movie. No, nah, no, nah, there's a kid in the movie. That's tight. And there's like there's only one scene where there's like a kid in a basketball jersey. It's Zach Levine. Is it a Timberwolves or a Bulls jersey? It's a Bulls jersey. Kids in the kid lives in Chicago. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like, but I was like, damn, my boy made it. He's in a is is like the kid in the movie is wearing his jersey. You know, like it's a big place to be in. Yeah. All right, my shout out isn't uh, necessarily a shout out. It's more of a homage. Uh, Staples Center will no longer be called Staples Center. Crypto.com bought the naming rights, and it will now be called uh, Crypto.com Arena, and that will be the last time you ever hear me say that name because that building will forever be Staples Center. It will forever be the house that Kobe Bryant built, and I will never call it anything else. Uh, The deal reportedly goes into effect on Christmas, but who fucking cares? It's Staples Center forever, motherfuckers. It'll it'll change. No, it's now. But Staples Center forever. It hurts now, but it it always. uh, You know that's how it was for me in all all those stadiums. Um, you know Seahawks Stadium, uh, Safeco Field. I still think of them being Safeco Field. I still think of it being you know the Key Arena none of those now staple center well and it's like the lakers play you know the lakers play in the forum you know things change yeah but staple center is now just as iconic as the forum yeah no that's what i mean and and, and in and in 20 years some kid that's 25 years old is gonna be like it's crypto.com always no yeah that's that's how it works my guy people on twitter already want to call it the crypt 
No, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it sucks to see name changes and, like, especially because it's just, like, buying out shit. No, but here's you know? the thing, but- Tyler. In L.A., the stadium names just don't change. We have Dodger Stadium. We have the Rose Bowl. We have the Memorial Coliseum. We like they don't change. We don't yeah. sell out to. I mean, that's I know not, Staples Center was. Yeah, that's what I'm Staples, saying. It's office, like Staples Center, but like, like that, it that's what sucks. It sucks that like a brand could buy a name. But nobody associated it with the office. Yeah, company. there's been there's been a ton of iconic stadiums that have been have been like no Yankee of, Stadium, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field. Well, baseball those those stadiums are a hundred years old. They they. They're they're so entwined. It's like they Yankee, sa- sta- they- Yankee, Yankee Stadium's not. It's a new stadium. No, yeah, now. yeah, no. But for, they just call it sure. New Yankee Stadium. Yeah, which is different. I mean, it's the new Yankee Stadium. It's the new Boston Garden, and it's not even the Boston Garden. It's the TD Amer- Ameritrade Garden. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it happens, dude. It ha- obviously there's some some uh, iconic ones, but. That's that's how I, st- it goes. I still call yeah. it, I still call it Home Depot Center. It's and it's been two different things since then. I don't even know what Home Depot Center is. It was StubHub Center. I don't know what StubHub Center is. Dignity Health Park, where the Chargers played. Oh, the the soccer field. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, see, it was I originally never, called the Home Depot Center. I think I did know StubHub. That's funny. Yeah. Nah, but I'm, yeah, it just it happens. And, then, and the Ducks played at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, and like, I still call it the I pond. Mean, and I it's now the Honda st- Center. I remember how stupid CenturyLink sound. Yeah, but at uh, least at least you called that the link. Yeah, but that came year. I mean that that was developed a year or two after we opened the stadium. So. Yeah. It sucks to see Staples go because it was like Staples Center, you know, that carried like some oomph to it. But oh, it carried give, some oomph to it, all right. Give it some time; it's it's gonna be the same same thing for this one. Nah, Staples Center forever. But all right, with that, that wraps up episode 221 of the TSK Show for Tyler Pacholki. I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Peace.